Welcome into another episode of the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal Saints here alongside Justin Barney, and we officially have a win. I told on you. Season. I told you. You did. I you called, called it. it, and and they pulled it off. I mean, they they went all the way to London to do it in very yep. Jags fashion. Win the the home game that is. Nowhere near Jacksonville, but it, a win nonetheless. Yeah, a win. I picked them by seven, I think. They won by three. A win is a win. Hey, a win is a win. You know what? We're not counting the had, spread had on this Had they one. lost to the Dolphins, I think that would have been serious alarm. <laughs> Dolphins are nowhere. Uh, Dolphins are probably in the, the same realm as Jacksonville as far as a legitimate NFL franchise right now. So winning that game, you had to win that game if you're Jacksonville. A lot of bad football around the state of Florida this year. Just just a lot. Yeah. Outside of Tampa Bay, I mean, you can even look at college football. Just a lot of bad football in the whole state. But that that win, I mean, it, you know, it, it's a 1-5 when you look at it. doesn't make you feel that great. But they have a bye week this week. And just getting a win heading into that bye week, the entire energy around the team, around the fan base, just seems to have changed. It's so different. <laughs> it's I mean, instead of Moral Victory Monday, which we've had a lot of, <laughs> it's uh, it's truly Victory Monday. And you felt that from, I mean, probably one fifteen Sunday afternoon to, you know, probably good thing on Tuesday morning. It was just such a different feeling for Jaguars fans, tortured Jaguars fans, because you just knew that they were going to find a way to lose that game somehow, just with all the... Um, just the, the body of work that they'd done um, under Coach Meyer and even going back to uh, Doug Marone, you just knew they were going to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory, and that did not happen. They finally put four quarters together. Trevor played great. Matthew Wright, three field goals in the game and two 50-plus yarders within three minutes and 40 seconds of each other. Just everything that had gone wrong for the Jaguars, they turned it on its head and actually Got those Achilles heels to go for him this time. One of my favorite phrases is, it's sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And you know what? I feel like they got a little bit lucky. Like you said, Matthew Wright, 250-plus yard field goals. His previous career long, and this ha- goes all the way back to college. When he was at UCF, he made a 50-yard field goal. He broke that career long twice in yeah. one game. And I thought it was interesting for him to, to say in the press conference, no, he had confidence and you know, he practices kicks of that distance and he was confident in it and... Well, none of us were confident in it, Matthew. No, we no, were not. You may have been, but no one, uh, Jaguars fans, uh, media, were confident at all that uh, he would hit uh, one 50-plus yard field goal, let alone two, including the game winner. So uh, pretty pretty impressive and uh, unlikely that that happened to the Jaguars right. franchise. Now Matty Ice is here to stay. There's no more kicking competition. It is officially Matty Ice's job. Hey, cool. And, yeah, it's unfortunate to see Josh Lambeau go yeah. uh, released. He, um, you know, a couple game winners, departs as the most accurate kicker in Jaguars history. Um, people liked him. Lambeau Matic. Um, it just did for whatever reason, coming off the IR last year, he was not the same kicker as he was before that. And uh, disappointing to see that, um, you know, his body or, or his mind um, kind of failed him uh, this season. So great, great memories from Josh Lambeau, but uh, it's Matthew Wright time. Yeah, definitely good luck to Josh Lambeau. I mean, I thought it spoke volumes of the person that Josh Lambeau is that after Matthew Wright makes that kick to win the game, one of the guys that gives him a big bear hug out on the field is Josh Lambeau. And Lambeau knows in the back of his head after watching this guy make two 50-plus yard field That's goals his job. That, that that was his yeah. job going out of the window. He knows that Matthew Wright had already been promoted to the active roster, and then this guy goes out, kicks well. But he's still there congratulating his teammates. 
I mean, I think that just speaks volumes of the person that he is. Really um, good to see. Yeah, and just I think good Jackson, luck to Josh Lambeau. I, I think uh, you know Urban Meyer. It was probably painful for him to to have to make that decision, um, and he gave Josh Lambeau every opportunity to win that job back. And you know they're not going to promote a practice squad guy if they don't have some kind of faith in him. And they did that for three weeks in a row with with uh, Matthew Wright first couple times off the practice squad and then signing him to the active roster last week. So Urban Meyer and the staff gave Josh Lambeau every opportunity to perform. It's a business um, when all is said and done, and uh, he couldn't do that. But uh, like you said, it was just so cool to see the big bear hug. It wasn't coming from Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer is coming from the guy whose position that he was actually going to take. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned Urban Meyer being pain to cut Josh Lambeau, and that's one thing, like, we've talked bad about some of the decisions that Urban Meyer's made and throughout and questioned his ability as a coach, but one thing I can say is he is loyal to his guys. and Wait, it, To it, a fault. To a fault. He It pains him to have to make some of these cuts, and you can see it. I mean, he talked about just, you know, wanting to see Josh Lambeau and how hard he works, and I mean, I think that goes back to college a little bit, where he wasn't cutting guys. I mean, guys might transfer out of his program, but he wasn't giving up on them. So this is a little bit of a new experience for him having to to deal that bad news to some of these players, and he does he does not like it. No. I don't know any coach that does like it, but Coach Meyer he, does take he it. A wear, he wears it on his sleeve, yeah. and you could tell with every conversation he had about Josh Lambeau, even the first one um, after uh, Lambeau had missed a couple field goals at at home and an extra point. Um, you just saw that in his face. He he had all the trust in Josh, said all the right things about his work ethic, and he didn't want to give up on him. And, you know, another coach may have given up on their struggling kicker uh, a week or two earlier than Urban did. So I think there was really uh, concern. There was really uh, heartfelt, um, you know, a heartfelt interest from Urban Meyer about Josh Lambeau, the person. And uh, you saw him really hang on to him probably a week longer than he should have in, uh, in keeping Josh and make sure he made the right decision. And um, really kind of a, a testament to Urban, and, and I think Josh is a total pro, you know, being the fir- one of the first guys to really run off that sideline and pick Matthew right up when, hey, it's, uh, it's a guy who's taking your job and you can still celebrate like that. I think that's um, – Shows Josh is a good person in uh, whatever he does next. Hopefully he's still kicking in the NFL, but really kind of a good person to, to be able to celebrate like that. Those sorts of moments are the things that will grow the trust between Urban Meyer and the locker room. It may not seem like much, but giving a guy an opportunity to keep his job, giving a guy every opportunity to stay on this roster, a guy like Josh Lambeau that's been around a while, the other players see that. They saw Josh Lambeau was struggling, and they took notice that the coaching staff didn't quit on him. Uh, that goes a long way, especially when there there have been reports left and right on whether or not this team is bought into what Urban Meyer is preaching. Those sorts of things will help. If the winds can start rolling, those little things like that will will just bond Urban Meyer to this locker room. Yeah, and I think you've seen that even back in college, as you mentioned. I think Urban hung with guys um, that he probably shouldn't have hung with um, a little bit longer because he cared about their concerns. I think you saw that in the assistant coaching situation in Iowa, or excuse me, at Ohio State uh, with the assistant, uh, Zach Smith, I think was his name. Um, he hung and he cared with him, uh, cared about him a little, probably a little bit more than he should have because um, I think Urban genuinely cares about those players and coaches around him and wants to make an impact and wants to uh, be that steadying influence with him. I, I, I don't think that when all is said and done about Urban Meyer, you can you could really paint him with a brush as not a guy who cares uh, for those around him. I think he cares probably a little bit too much, and I think what the Lambo situation was a perfect example of that, of giving a guy quite a bit of a, of a leash 
um, to, uh, to, to get out and do some things and um, probably a longer leash than a lot of coaches would have given uh, somebody like Josh Sambo. Oh, definitely. There were teams around the NFL looking for kickers, uh, uh, you know, week after week. I mean, Aldrick Rosas ended up in New Orleans, and then they shipped him out when he started struggling. They, there was no wait and see what happened. I mean, the life of a kicker in the NFL is you can be the hero one day and you can be cut the next. Waiver wire the you next. Know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just how it works. Uh, you know, kickers are very special people to have the mentality and deal with the things that they have to deal with. All right, now the Jaguars have got that first win of the year. Now it's about moving forward. And, you know, um, I was sitting at my desk trying to figure out how to, to write an article for newsforjacks.com about, you know, the way the team can win the bye week. Because you can lose a bye week very easily. I mean, another video of sorts come out. Out, that would be considered a loss in my book. I mean, players out doing things that they're not supposed to, getting in trouble, that's a loss. Players not recuperating their bodies, those are all losses um, that would take away from the momentum that the team actually has at the moment. I mean, I can't remember the, the last time would have to be week one of last year when they had any sort of momentum. And so it's been a long gap. Now they have a little bit of momentum moving forward. We've talked about the progress week to week. They finally got a win. It feels completely different. I talked to Caleb on Chase on today. He said he can feel the confidence in the locker room, and it just feels good, and they don't want to lose this feeling. Shaquille Griffin mentioned that, you know, he told the young players to, to get used to the winning feeling and then put in the work to get it. And Chase on told me today that Coach Meyer talked to the team about momentum and about how important it is not just in the middle of an NFL game, but throughout a season because it can be a long season, so you want to have that momentum help pushing you forward. So throughout the bye week, every player needs to make sure that they do their part while they relax and get away from football a little bit, but make sure that they're not the one that kills that momentum for the team. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I, I mentioned this in uh, storynewsforjacks.com about – just keeping that momentum and not letting that slide away and it needing it Jacksonville may be a team that only needs one win to break the floodgates open and I know that's a you know sunshine and rainbows kind of thinking but you know with all the talk with all the close calls you know Jacksonville played four quarters last week and won on not a strong suit. Kicking has been horrible this year for the franchise. They flipped that around. They shed the label of can't play four quarters. You're playing in an unfamiliar environment. I mean, the team, how many guys on this team had played a game in London before? So this could be the, the turning point for them. They had come so close before. Um, when you think of games that they have been non-competitive in, probably just one of those. I mean, I, I think that uh, that Denver game was uh, they were absolutely terrible in that game. And um, I think other games, they, they were winnable games. And you finally saw them, you know, chopping at that tree, chopping at the tree. Jack Del Rio's famous thing was keep chopping wood, keep chopping wood. And uh, he put a, lock, a log and an axe in the, the locker room. and There was an accident with that axe, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, there was an accident with that axe. So, um, But, you know, that, you keep chopping that wood, you keep chopping that wood, and, and hope the punter doesn't chop their leg off with the said axe and wood. Um, but I think that applies here for Jacksonville. They kept banging away, banging away. Trevor said it every week, at, week in, week out in the press conference. We're close. I can feel it. We're close. I can feel it. And now they finally have something to hang their hats on. They can say they're winners. They don't have this losing streak hanging over their head anymore. And I do think this is a building block to something better. I think they can go into Seattle, beat Geno Smith and the Seahawks, and suddenly you're talking about two wins, okay? I mean, yeah. putting things together. And I think the worst thing you can give Trevor Lawrence right now 
is any kind of confidence if you're uh, in opposing defense because he is improving drastically week by week. I know he had the one turnover last week off the strip sack, but Trevor is a guy who is – I mean, you can see his progress so clearly, and I think the worst thing to give him right now uh, as an opposing team is tr- giving Trevor Lawrence confidence, and that's uh, – that is what he has right now. Full head of steam going into the bye week. I mean, you want to talk about perfect timing. You get the win in London. You go into the bye week. You rest a little bit. You get a Seattle Seahawks team that's going to be without Russell Wilson, so Geno Smith, that quarterback. They're going to be without their starting running back, Chris Carson, and then his backup running back, Alex Collins, also banged up, so they might not even have him when they play them in two weeks. Uh, this is a team that's – Got some injuries, so there is a very good chance that the Jaguars could string two wins together, and then all of a sudden, these young players that are saying, well, it's been a long time since I won a game, say, we're on a winning streak. That two wins in a row, that's a streak. So now, all of a sudden, you're feeling pretty good, and maybe it starts rolling a little bit. You talked about the confidence that Trevor Lawrence getting, and he's getting better week in and week out, and maybe this coaching staff gets a little bit of confidence because... Even in the win, there were some questionable things, especially time management toward the end of the game. But there are some things that they can improve on. Urban Meyer knows this, and and they're working toward it. Uh, So let's use this week, since there's no game to really talk about and focus on, let's do a little bit of self-scouting around the team. Uh, One of the things that Trevor Lawrence has done really well is just continuously improve. Uh, uh, After taking a lot of shots in maybe the first two weeks, he found his check downs the past couple of weeks, and even started using his legs to pick some things up. Uh, I talked to Brian Schottenheimer today, and he said, you know, one of the things that Trevor has not gotten a lot of uh, a lot of credit for is the checks and making sure that the alignment and picking up blitzes is right. And he's just done such a good job with that, and that a lot of young quarterbacks struggle with that. And against last week, probably the most aggressive defensive front yep. that he's faced. So right. you look at how well he performed last week against, you know, even Urban after the game said that's the most active, that's the, the hardest front in terms of pressure that we've seen all season. And I know if you look at the uh, the pass rush rate for the Dolphins, I mean, it was substantial. And Trevor played well. And that was, you mentioned, the checkdowns, the making sure the people were in the right places to pick up those blitzes. And that's not something he's doing in week one. And again, you see that week to week, that improvement. Yeah, and, and just that improvement from a young quarterback. I don't think there's any more that we can ask from Trevor Lawrence right now besides to continue improving. We'd like to see him open up some more shots downfield, but that's not completely on him. He needs the receivers to do their part there. He's making good decisions with the ball. He's not costing the team the game. We just haven't seen that takeover moment from Trevor yet, which we know is coming. At some point, there's there's going to be a four-touchdown game where it looks like everything is complete and everything is just clicking. It's coming at some point. And I think we, we saw I think we saw a little bit of that on that last drive. Um, Jacksonville, they get the ball back after a huge defensive stop. I mean, the play of the game really was that defensive stop on fourth down on Miami's side of the field. I mean, when you think of Jacksonville's defense making a big play, I had no faith in them making that stop there. Rayshon <laughs> Jenkins, boom, stopped. A terrible call by Brian Flores at that point. But regardless, Jacksonville's defense made a play. And then Trevor Lawrence comes back out. Two plays of negative yardage. Okay, now you're backed up on your side of the field. It's third and long. And what do you do? You come to the line. Boom, quick play to LaVisca. You got five seconds left. I thought that they, they let far too much, too much time, time run, run out. Yeah. You probably should have called a – you know, and I can see this going both ways. You probably – could have called a timeout at eight seconds or so. Um, but then if you run a quick play or whatever Jacksonville could have done in that situation, you get the ball back to Miami, are they going to trial Hail Mary? But Trevor's two throws, both to LaVisca, 
that play with five seconds left, I'm thinking, are, there's no way. Why are they going to run a quick slant to the middle of the field? There's no way they're going to have a chance to call timeout. And then not not only was that play a perfect strike to LaVisca, but, you know, say he catches it, it's short of a first down. Miami's got one second left to, to run a play, maybe a Hail Mary. So great play to pick up the first down in the time management from Trevor Lawrence right there. Absolutely fantastic. He threw that. He led LaVisca perfectly nine yards. He needed eight. Set Matthew right up in for that uh, for that kick. But those two throws by Trevor after two negative yardage yeah. plays in crunch time, absolutely a growth moment for Trevor. Big plays. And I, I want to actually get sidetracked a little bit over here because that play on that fourth down call, I mean, you got five seconds left, and they lined up. They mentioned that they were looking for a Hail Mary, and then after the timeout, they saw the look they were getting from Miami. Can you imagine if that time runs out or that play goes sideways and they end up losing that game? The the the, the calls for Urban Myers had. I just thought the, the confidence that they had in their rookie quarterback – to call that in that moment, I mean, that could have been a huge turning to, point. To make that I mean, play, I mean, to make that throw to LaVisca, I mean, what are the chances of that? I know they run it practice, they uh, practice it, but to, I mean, that had to be perfect. I mean, the yes. throw had to be exactly where it was. You lead him a little further. I mean, the clock probably runs out there. Fans are clamoring, why are you throwing a slant pass right. with five seconds left? And, you know, again, you stressed it. The confidence in Trevor is growing week by week. He is going to be a rock star quarterback yeah. for Jacksonville. And you can just see him growing up, the confidence in front of you. You look at him in week one and two, he's making bad decisions. He's not confident. He's throwing uh, terrible passes that, that are picked off. And then it's whatever. I think starting with that Bengals game, he has been a different quarterback. He knows he can play in the NFL now. It, it, the light's on. There's no no question in his mind. Well, at, as in that first game, whether he wants to admit it or not, there's always that little whisper in the back of your head. Oh, I'm at the NFL now. This might be different. He's taking shots, but now he knows he can play. That light's coming on. The coaches are seeing it. They're putting more and more on his plate. And he's now he's getting the repetition of having seen these defenses week in and week out and knowing what's coming and how to adjust to it. So the, the, for the second half of the season, that's the big thing. For Trevor, we really just want to continue to see some growth from him. Uh, take those steps. We'd like to see him take over a couple of times, I think. Uh, but just continue to do the things that he's doing. I mean, I, at the rate we're going, I think by the heading into next season, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence as a – Top 15 quarterback, yeah, maybe I think if not so. higher than that. I mean, it, it, the, which is great for the Jaguars. To have a rookie quarterback that you're talking about at that level on a rookie contract, I mean, you're in, you'll are you be in good shape if that if this all yeah. pans by, out. By year two and you're the top 12, 15 guy in the league, that's yeah. pretty darn impressive. That, that's when got, really good. When you've got four more years of cost-controlled Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. All right, so let's look at running back. I mean, we, we don't give James Robinson enough credit. Uh, I, we talk about him a lot. We've told, said that the coaches need to give him the ball, but, I mean, man, this guy is good. He finds the seams. He's ripping off big plays. Um, you know, he didn't get the fourth, the first down on that fourth down carry, which we've, you know, that's three situations now when they've had pivotal third or fourth, fourth down runs. Yeah. The goal line in uh, Cincinnati, which they Trevor sneaked it. Um, and they didn't pitch it to James. The Carlos Hyde call against the Titans, which was terrible. So uh, James giving the ball in fourth and two against the Dolphins and uh, did not get it. But it, regardless, it seems like we've always talked about James Robinson in, in a couple different ways. He's got to get the ball more. And why are they not giving the ball to James Robinson in those crunch time situations? <laughs> but now it's finally starting to shift these last three weeks where the coaching staff remember James Robinson can play. 
are using him more. I'd still like to see him get 20 carries a game, and he's not quite there yet. But he's ripping off big plays. I mean, he's not, you know, going two, three, and four yards each time he's getting – the guy is ripping off some big plays and showing that he is a every down back. Oh, yeah, he's shown it. I mean, he's got to be one of the best running – I mean, he is one of the best, better running backs in the NFL. But when you take into fact his his contract, the situation, the way the Jaguars got him, I mean, he's going to go down as one of the best undrafted free agents in the Jaguars' history, plain and simple, if he keeps running the way he's running. They do need to give him the ball more. They have to get get him the ball. I think those 20 carries will come. The Jaguars have to string some more drives together, though. There have been too many short offensive drives where they end up punting relatively quickly, uh, which I think that will feed him. But we need to make sure that the coaches remember that James Robinson is number 25. Hand him the ball. I know there was there had to be some confusion in those first couple of weeks. They were looking for 30 on the sideline. Didn't see him, and that's why they weren't giving him the ball. That's the only thing I can figure out. Unbelievable, those first few weeks. Why <laughs> are you not the only thing him? I can figure out. What, do so, you have six carries one week? It's, Unbelievable. It's just insane. So they have to continue to feed this guy. I mean, he at this point, if they haven't seen enough to know that they got to get him the ball and get him the ball often, I don't know what James Robinson has to do. So down the stretch, 11 straight games, let's work James Robinson. You'll see some Carlos Hyde mixed in there, sure, but let James Robinson really tote that rock. I mean, he's being mentioned among some of the top running backs in the league when you look at his stats, and he doesn't have nearly the same amount of carries. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be Derrick Henry. No. He's not going to be that kind of guy, but he is a guy you can let lead your offense and he's doing well when he's asked and it's unbelievable what is he fifth in in the league in rushing when his his yard, his attempts have been cut down it's ridiculous the his workload has not been increased uh twofold and i think you've got to do that you know trevor trevor is going to continue to grow but can you imagine a james robinson who's getting 22 touches a game and then trevor lawrence continuing to grow um, it's just uh, Jaguars are set at running back right now, and they're definitely set at quarterback. All right, here's my my comparison for you. You got Aaron Rodgers, you got Aaron Jones, Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson. There's my comparison, and guess what? Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones both big contracts. The Jaguars would have two guys on rookie deals. Yeah, that's true, and that's I mean that that's that's the best uh, one two punch. If you can get and it's been proven time and again, if you can get that quarterback on a rookie contract. I mean, look, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, those guys that allowed now you got money to spend. The Cowboys and, and Seahawks, respectively, to build something there around those quarterbacks who are cost controlled. So James Robinson making peanuts this year. Trevor Lawrence, he's number one pick in the draft, but he is not making fifty million dollars a year, which top flight quarterbacks in the league are now commanding. So if you can somehow tap that potential, and I think Trevor by next year is going to be, like you said, I think he's going to be that top uh, top one-third of the league quarterbacks next year. So um, if you can harness those guys, build on those two guys specifically, and by the way, get Travis Etienne back healthy next year, this offense is going to be sizzling in 2022. All right, let's take a peek at the wide receivers. I think the big thing for me is they have to get Jamal Agnew more reps, and they got to find a way to get let this guy get the ball in his hands uh, in different ways and not just kind of pigeonhole him. I mean, he, Jamal Agnew has come on. Uh, I think plain and simple, if 
Uh, despite LaVishka Chenault's talent, I think right now I'd put it Marvin Jones, Jamal Agnew, then Chenault. I mean, that's my pecking order for Jaguars wide receivers. If you go back and watch this guy, he is the only wide— Like, Marvin Jones doesn't specialize in creating separation. He makes plays like the touchdown we saw in London, where close quarters, he uses his size, just goes up and beats the guy one-on-one. Agnew is creating separation, which is it's insane to think that this guy's only been playing wide receiver for like two years. So uh, he's got the chops for it. And if it's going to cost them a little bit on special teams because he has to be more involved on the offense, so be it. Figure it out. But this guy could be the – he could be their Travis Etienne. I mean, I asked Daryl Bevel about it this week. I said, can Jamal Agnew kind of put some of those plays back into the playbook that you wanted for Travis Etienne? He said, yeah, some of them. The only, thing, the only difference that he mentioned was – that they wanted to motion Etienne out of the backfield into the slot some, that they won't do with Jamal Agnew. Of course. But, but outside of that, they are very similar playmakers. Size, stature, speed, that is what they were looking for, that big play threat. There's nobody else on this offense that I'm worried about. They get it, they're going 60 yards if nobody's in front of yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. We it's talked Agnew. about we talked about that, who on this team can provide that. We thought Etienne could be the guy. He's obviously out for the season, but... Um, I think we saw after those two special teams performances by Jamal Agnew in back-to-back weeks that this guy's onto something. And as he's made some plays, made some catches, he had a great sideline catch, I think, in that Bengals game. Um, he's made some plays, and really, he's the only guy I think right now. You've alluded to, you know, Lavisca's had some some plays. Uh, I think the Bengals game was his best game. Marvin Jones just isn't that game-breaker kind of guy. Okay, who's left? It's not uh, Tavon Austin. Jamal Agnew is the guy right now, and that's not what we thought we were getting uh, when we signed uh, Jamal Agnew to a free agency contract. Yeah, but he's been a pleasant surprise, and he is a guy that has earned the right, in my opinion, to be more involved in the offense. Uh, This is not saying take a uh, touches away from Marvin Jones or touches away from LaVishka Chenault. I actually think they have to find a way to get LaVishka schemed open a little bit more down the field, but Jamal Agnew has earned the right. I mean, I think he has shown that he is has the chops to be an NFL wide receiver. He can be a playmaker. I mean, you can look at some of the plays that he's just made in just one game, and you can see that he can be an NFL wide receiver and a wide receiver that is different from what the rest of the guys that the Jaguars have can bring to the field. So he's a guy I'd like to see more involved down the stretch as they kind of move forward. All right, let's switch gears to another group that catches passes. How about the tight ends? Uh, Dan Arnold's probably the guy you'd look at. Yeah, and he's not been – I think he's been inconsistent. He's had some drops, um, but he's their – I mean, it's not Luke Farrell, not Chris Manhurts, uh, James O'Shaughnessy's not uh, not back. Who is – he's out of the boot now. He does just have an ankle brace on and is walking. I don't know uh, how he's practicing out on the field, but he is at least out of the boot, which is a good sign for That's maybe going he's coming forward, back yeah. So Dan Arnold, I think – He's the best tight end right now, yeah. and it's again that's still the weakest position on the field. Um, but yeah, you know, first game we saw Dan Arnold, we're thinking, man, this is a great trade, great trade of CJ. And I don't, I don't know if he's just leveled off or um, he struggled a little bit, but he's a guy that's not been in the system that long. But I like Dan Arnold as a longer-term option in Jacksonville. Yeah, I think I think Dan Arnold's fine. I think you can have Dan Arnold at tight end and, and be a good offense. He's not going to be a guy that takes over a game, but he can catch four or five passes for you. And, he and runs well, solid. too. And he, he, he runs he's well got some catch. speed. If you can get him open, he's he's shown more blocking chops than I thought he had. I mean, there were quite a few difficult blocks that he's made over the few weeks that he's been here 
in Jacksonville. So I, I'm pretty happy overall with Dan Arnold. I think he could improve. Obviously, uh, there's been a few drops that he needs to work on. Um, but overall, I think that I'm still, I think Dan Arnold can do it. It'd be nice if James O'Shaughnessy can get healthy and all of a sudden the Jaguars have two tight ends that can catch passes. Jacob Hollister. Yeah. I figure when O'Shaughnessy's healthy, Hollister might be shown the door. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think you bring, you know, I don't know. I still think that, that, uh, tight end room is is devoid of talent. It needs improvement. And I, I was a little upset when I saw the Zach Ertz trade. Yeah, I, I too, yeah. It's, when I saw that, I said, did they not call? Did you not ask? Did they get a fifth-round pick for him? Yeah, a, and just, a, a, fifth and, and something a, else. And a player. Yeah, there was a player, player in there. But, you know, did you not ask about Zach Ertz? Because you could have paid that. Shucks, you got extra picks. Pick's not a problem. So, uh, but you know what? Okay, if Dan Arnold's your guy, maybe you make a play in free agency. I think Dan Arnold is a capable tight end. You can be a, a good offense with Dan Arnold at tight end. So the, the last part of the offense, the, the offensive line, uh, banged up. Injuries are a thing. And the, the, most of the t- Jaguars roster pretty healthy. Yeah, offensive line, not the case. No, and that's, again, tight end and offensive line are the two positions, I think, that I keep going back to you did not make a bigger play in the draft and free agency to address those two positions. And I know you franchise Cam, but you brought back George Warhop and to an average offensive line. And I think you should have addressed that situation in the draft. I'm not confident Walker Little's the, the guy this year. Um, I think you needed a starting caliber tackle slash guard uh, in free agency um, to help to help shore up that line, just for the reasons we're seeing now, you you had an average offensive line. You brought the entire line back. You have no room for error, no margin for error in terms of injuries or uh, well, inefficiency. Happened now. And I mean, um, you've got Tyler Shatley, yeah. Will Richardson, Ben Barge. I mean, it, it's happened. Yeah, we're it's, there. It is not a good unit. It's a, it's an average to probably a tick above average unit when all those guys are healthy. And right now, it's um, it is a below average unit. Yeah, you know, the one thing I did like about last week was that they finally got Walker Little in yep. on a rep. He got in as a. a extra lineman on a, a goal line play. So he's seen live action football for the first time in a while. Yeah. How about that? Uh, the offensive line's got to improve. Uh, health will help. We'll see if Ben Barch can be back in a week or two. Uh, so that would get Will Richardson back to his reserve role. Um, but outside of that, I mean, that, that's probably the healthiest they're going to get for the rest of the year, which means that you're going to need to see Ben Barch to continue to improve. We, I think we, at this point, know what Tyler Shatley is, which is a serviceable center. Uh, but you need better play from both of your tackles. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I just don't think you're not going to get that this year. You've got to address that in free, free agency in the draft next year. You, yeah. The offensive line is what it is right now. Um, I think it's, it's ceiling right now. Uh, unless Jawan and Cam significantly up their game, which probably won't happen, is going to be an average to a tick below average starting offensive line right now with the guys they have in there. I mean, if I had to pick between the two, I'd rather see Jawan step up. Um, just because Jawan is on a longer contract here, I don't think Cam is coming back when his deal is up. I think that uh, that ship has just about sailed. Um, but I'd, I'd rather see Jawan step up and then uh, Walker Little I mean, get his shot. I mean, I'm sure they better bring in competition for him. Got but to. Who knows? All right, let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. Joe Cullen and the boys uh, pulled off the fourth down stop, surprised the world, uh, played just well enough to, to help and make the plays that they needed to make. Um, how about let's start with uh, the, the defensive line. I mean, I think this group is 
played well enough, and it just just depends on how you want to group it. So let's say since it's a three four, we'll just keep those down linemen guys. Devon Hamilton, a freaking brick yeah, wall in yeah. the middle there, and that's he's been the by far the best defensive. <laughs> oh, that's player. the guy. And, and <laughs> again, a, kind of a no name defensive line right now, and you're getting. I mean, the run defense has been much improved, um, but pass defense I think needs to. You need to see a, a, more of those pressures translating into sacks because. Uh, the the secondary is a weak link on this team, and uh, I think that starts up front really allows that secondary to be uh, exposed as it has been uh, this season on more than one occasion when you're not getting those uh, those pressures turning into uh, sacks or tackles for loss or something. So I I think some of those plays that pressure that penetration needs to result in a higher frequency of uh, those tackles for losses and such. But I think I think uh, beyond Anything, I think Devon Hamilton has uh, has played his way into the the biggest name on that defensive line. Yeah, they've got to get a bigger impact from Roy Robertson Harris. He I mean he was their free agent addition that they expected more from. I know injuries have played a role here, but now that he's getting healthier, he's got to find a way to, to to help in that pass rush somehow, some way. I mean, he mentioned when he came here he wanted more opportunities to rush the passer. Well, now you're getting them, and you got to show up. Uh, so uh, that I mean I think that's the moving forward crutch for them is if they can find a way to get a little bit more penetration, get some impact from that guy Roy Robertson Harris that'll that'll help a lot. Uh, let's move one step back to those linebackers. Um, Josh Allen has had a up and down yeah. year, but he turned in a pretty good game yeah. in London. Um, he is the best pass rusher on this team, hands down by far. Uh, you need to see him get into the quarterback a little, with a little bit more frequency, but you still need the Robin to his Batman across from him. Dewan Smoot stepped up a yeah, lot. Dewan, to me, he's been one of the best. I would say best. He's been one of the most consistent Jaguars during his time yes, here. That's he right. Is, he is always making a play which you don't expect him to make, and whether it be a sack or or a pressure or a tip ball or delivering his own baby or delivering his own baby. <laughs> um, I mean, he has been a guy that he's not a big name guy, but I put him right underneath Josh Allen in terms of impact guys off the edge. Um, it's not Chase on yet. Um, it, it, Taven Bryan has been just absent once again. Um, we know that uh, Damian Wilson is is not that guy, and I think it's it's Josh Allen and Dewan Smoot. Yeah, it's it. right now it's Josh Allen, Dewan Smoot. I mean, they quickly moved, elevated Smoot up to a starter. Uh, it'd be nice if we could see uh, Chase on start to see that light come on in his play. And, he's uh, played get, a little bit better. He, he has. He This season you can see progression from him, and uh, he's getting a little bit more comfortable. There have been times where there are mistakes where you can see him in space, and, and he looked like he wasn't sure which direction to go. I put that a little bit on him, but at the same time on the coaching staff because some of those are mistakes that you should that, that should already be addressed. I mean, uh I can remember coaches telling me in my playing days, you make a mistake. Once you make a decision, make if you're going to make a mistake, make it going 100 miles an hour one direction. Don't stand in the middle of space and 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 second guess it. Either go after the quarterback or go after the guy in coverage. You can't do both. If you're standing in the middle, both both are guys are open. Yeah, and um, I, you've got. I still think first round pick. He's got to be an impact player. We've seen. Again, almost moral victories in, in things, and Chase on is a perfect example of that. He's got incremental strides. Urban singled him out as, as playing much better than he has over these last couple weeks. So that is small steps. It's not uh, C.J. Henderson kind of bust, um, but I think if at the end of this season we're still talking about uh, Caleb on Chase and 
struggling to make those reads and adjustments and impact. Uh, we could probably put him in that category, but I like the way he's at least coming up the staircase a little bit more. I'd, uh, in the second half of the season, he's a guy that I'm going to pay attention to because I'd like to see him start to get a little bit more comfortable in this role. He's been dropping into coverage for, I mean, he didn't do it at all last year. He did it some at LSU, but not a ton. Uh, you you want to see if he starts to use that athleticism, get a little bit more used to these coverage roles and dropping into these zones. And if he does, I mean, that would make him a very versatile piece for that defense, a guy who can get after the quarterback some and who can drop into coverage. He has the ability to do it. So he'll be a guy that, if he can start to get comfortable, could help the defense down the stretch. Uh, outside of that, we really want to see Miles Jack get healthy, um, maybe them make a decision at the linebacker opposite of him instead of continuously rolling Damian Wilson and, and Shaq, uh, Shaq Quarterman. And, but, you know, that's Joe Cullen's thing. He likes to roll those guys. Yeah. He rolls everybody. Um, switching gears a little bit, let's go to corner. Let's go on the outside. I think uh, Sha- Shaquille Griffin's definitely one of the bright spots on yeah. this team. If he could ever catch an interception, man. I mean, he, he's you had need, three shots. Need, if he can just catch a pick, you, it's over with. You've got to have somebody opposite Shaquille. Yeah. You've got to. And the patchwork, I know Tyson Campbell's been out. Um, Nevin Wilson, I mean, it, it's just been Trey Herndon. There's just no answer opposite Shaq. And I think that is why, you know, packaged with the defensive line not getting home on a lot of those plays, it's just going at whoever that other corner is in their opposite shack. And I think that's, uh, you know, the defensive line needs some, some tinkering with next year, but I think corner is uh, is seriously that position that needs some help yes. after that. That's, that's need number one. Uh, the second half of the season, if it's going to be Tyson Campbell, he's got to figure out how to play the ball in the air. I mean, that, look, that, if he learns one thing, the guy's always close by. He has the speed. He's there. He looks up. He just doesn't look back for the ball. If he could learn how to play the ball and look for it, I mean, he could be a lockdown corner, and you'd be in great hands. So uh, if that's one thing you'd love to see in the second half of the year is Tyson Campbell all of a sudden figure out how yeah, to or, or find any, the ball. Or any guy. Or that, anybody. Really, you know? that, who can man that role. I mean, worst thing, somebody else elevates, and they keep Campbell at, uh, at nickel or something, but – they need well, a corner. Nickel, he's got to learn how to play the ball. Yeah, they, they've got to they've got to find a corner opposite Shaq. And you were hoping C.J. Henderson could be that guy, and uh, he's obviously not the answer in, in playing in Carolina now. But cornerback is such a disappointment because, I mean, no way that Tua Tagovailoa should march the Dolphins down the field 91 yards in seven plays like he did uh, to take the lead late uh, last week. I mean, you've got to do something in that secondary. They, they have looked at best very average and at worst uh, like a JV unit. All right, and the last spot on the defense is safety, and I think Rayshon Jenkins, he's got the green dot now. He's been a, a bright spot across that defense, been making plays all over the place, and then Andrew Wingard surprising a lot of people, holding on to that starting Still job. Still holding on. Still holding he's, on. I mean, he's played well enough. Yeah. I mean, there were some questionable plays against the Titans where we were worried about him, but he's still holding on to that starting job. It kind of makes me wonder what's going on with Andre Sisco behind the scenes and why he can't get onto the field. But, you know, Rayshon Jenkins definitely a bright spot. You'd love to see him uh, get his hands on a few passes somewhere along the lines. Made, a, made the play of his career with Jacksonville last week on the fourth down stop. Yeah. So yeah. that's if if nothing else happens for Rayshon this year, we have that one play. We, we have that one that play one, to put there. One defensive play. <laughs> All right, let's look at the offense and defense as a whole. In the second half of the year, if you could fix one thing on the offense that will help the Jaguars 
carry some momentum and put some wins together, what's the one thing? It's got to be receivers. They've got to get open. They've got to make plays. They've got to separate. They've got to learn uh, how to, to scramble around when Trevor's moving out of the pocket. Um, I think that sets up a lot of stuff. I think Trevor with the offensive line is as good enough, good as it's going to get right now. He's showing that even against a fierce pass rush, he can make changes. He can check it down. He can move out of the pocket. So I think he is he is making the best of his situation now with the offensive line. But to that extent, receivers have got to help him out some. And I think I've said this probably five weeks in a row that the receiving position is probably the biggest disappointment offense for me because after all the change in the offseason, they brought guys in week after week, it seems like. Tyron Johnson, number one waiver claim, and it just seems like nothing has really worked. I know DJ Chark losing him was a big blow, but he was just he just wasn't the, the, the DJ Chark of uh, year two uh, to me. He was just kind of a uh, really a guy at that point. Um, so I want to see improvements from those receivers. I think an improved receiving core will uh, will allow Trevor to have uh, more confidence, take more steps, and uh, really kind of um, you know have some uh, confidence in throwing that ball deep. I'm right there with you. I think the the wide receivers have to find a way to step up. I, you'd like to see Lavishka Chenault self scout his game a little bit and figure out maybe get a little bit more comfortable playing that outside role. Uh, Marvin Jones just continue to do what he's done and get Jamal Agnew a little bit more involved and get him some of those screens, but let him use his speed to stretch the field deep, make those safeties play over the top of him or try and throw a few bombs his way. So uh, you'd like to see those receivers step up. Uh, LaVishka Chenault's the guy that I'm, I've been a little bit down on. I mean, I think he just has all the physical tools to be a huge impact player, and it just hasn't come together yet. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they can figure out how to put that puzzle together um, over the second half of the year. Now, uh, looking at the defense, you can fix one thing that'll help them put stack some wins. What's the one thing on defense? It's got to be the pass rush, and whether that's coming from the defensive line or the edge, I think it's got to develop. I think uh, Josh Allen, I think Caleb on chase on. I think they've got to produce some more uh, pressures, turn some of those uh, some of those close calls into sacks, help that secondary out because secondary needs all the help it can get. I think it's got to start up front. I'm a firm believer in what Urban kind of said early on in his press conferences that they have got to have a nasty physical defensive front and uh, and set things up, and that's where it starts. Devon Hamilton has been good. They've got good pressure on the run game. They've they've improved in the run game, but they've sacrificed in the passing game. And I think it's got to have uh, more pressure, more uh, more sacks, where, whoever that's coming from. I think you've got to help that secondary out as much as you can. Yeah, I'm going to go with the secondary, though. I, I think the, the the defensive line and the defensive front have been getting there. That's why they have all these pressures. They just need a little bit of help. If they could fix the secondary, I mean, uh, just find that corner opposite of Shaquille Griffin, that'll allow them an extra second to get those sacks. That'll allow them the extra third of a second to get those sacks. I mean, if you go back and look at it, you see how close all the time. Smoot is very close. Uh, Josh Allen, very close on a lot of plays. They're coming there, and then the, the quarterback knows exactly where to look and goes. Boom. If you can get a little bit tighter coverage, just an extra second, those – those pressures all of a sudden turn into sacks. So I'd fix the secondary. Uh, that would be my one thing for the defense. All right, if you had to put a percent chance to it, I know this is looking, they've got 11 straight games, a percent chance that the Jaguars find a way to claw into the playoffs. I'm going to say 
I'm, I was going to go a little lower. I was going to go 5%. <laughs> it, it probably ain't going to happen. But, you know, hey, it, it's nice to see that uh, if they if they can get a win in Seattle, all of a sudden maybe we can start having those. Maybe they did flip the switch and uh, turn things around conversations. But we're, we're still in show-me mode, and we're still in yeah. the bye week. So. It's, uh, it's, it's bye week. Everybody's happy. They're 1-5, coming off of a – Best performance of the season, so that's what I'm sticking with. I do think they're closer to turning a corner than uh, than a lot of people give them credit for. And again, that's that's Trevor Lawrence all the way. That's right, and maybe they will turn the corner. We'll uh, talk a little bit more about that Seattle matchup on the News for Jacks podcast next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in as always. 